and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. Open up your Bibles if you brought them to the book of Mark. We're going to look at Mark chapter 5 and verse number 24 and read about a woman who had an issue. Any of you have issues in your life right now? A few of you, at least here at Lakeland. What about you at Highland Colony? Vondrid, point next year. Anybody with any issues? Uh, it could be an issue going uh, on in the life of your children. Something that has arrested your attention. Behavior that has alarmed you. Um, it could be an issue with your physical body. Uh, that's the issue in this woman's life. Uh, there is something that her life just can't seem to move beyond because of the issue. Maybe it's an issue financially or an issue going on with something in your business or your company or profession. But what we're going to learn in this series is that regardless of whatever issue we have, we can defy that issue with joy and faith because we know it is never bigger than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we refuse to be anxious about it. We refuse to allow our our hearts to be alarmed by it. We choose to put our faith in Jesus knowing that Jesus can help us not just cope with the issue, but Jesus can help us change it. And we're going to read about this woman, and as we do, I want you to see her, because the Bible wants us to. Let's celebrate her. Let your heart celebrate her decision. But in the middle of your heart celebrating her decision, what I want to ask you is, are you making the same one? The decision she made over her issue, are you making the same decision over your issue? Her attitude over her issue, does it look like your attitude over your issue? Because the Bible is huge on giving us examples. And I love examples. Because the easiest path forward for whatever you want to achieve in life is to find someone who has already achieved it and look at the clues that their life has left behind. And we're going to see someone who had their issue fixed by Jesus. Now, I would love for you to come to a place where you see your issues fixed by Jesus because so oftentimes we're trying to fix our issues ourselves. Uh, But if you want to see Jesus fix your issue, it's as easy as looking at what this woman did to see Jesus fix hers. Because her story is not just her story. Her story is leaving clues. Uh, So let's read it here. Mark chapter 5 And verse number 25, there was a woman who had a hemorrhage of blood for 12 years, an issue for 12 years. And she had endured much at the hands of physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. Now let's just stop right here. 
Um, first off, uh, let's celebrate this woman because she is fighting her issue. And I love this because she's not at a posture of heart where she's accepting her diagnosis. She's fighting it. And I want you to do the same thing. Like, I, I don't know what society or life has tried to pigeon you whole in or make you cope with. But I, I think that the thing that I first notice about this woman is she is fighting for improvement. She is not learning to function in dysfunction. She is fighting for a better life. And I love this. But in spite of her fight physically to take her life where she wants it to be, for 12 years she has fought, spent all of her money, and is nothing better but rather grew worse. Now, in, in that type of thing, maybe like for you it hasn't been 12 years. It's been like 12 minutes and it's getting worse. Um, and frustration is kind of building in your heart. But you can imagine how it would be easy to have your soul be resigned Listen to me, how easy it would be for her soul or yours to be resigned to this is just the way it is. That this is my issue and my lot in life or whatever you want to call it. And so I'll just learn to live with it. I'll just learn to cope with it. And what I want you to see next about this woman, and what I want you to see about this woman, I want you to celebrate. I'll celebrate it with you about her decision, but I want to ask you, are you making the same choice? Is she in the middle of an issue that has existed in her life for 12 years, in spite of her fighting it as hard as she could fight it physically and with her money, she is nothing better but rather grew worse. She does something incredibly courageous. She permits, and you can write this down if you're taking notes, or you can type it in. She permits her heart to be excited. She permits her heart to be excited. Now, I I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but, but she's in the middle of an issue that has lasted for 12 years. And now she doesn't just have this issue, she is broke. And not only is she broke, but she has exhausted every single avenue for improvement with every single doctor and is nothing better but rather grew worse. And in the middle of all of this, you could say hopelessness, she is permitting her heart to be excited. And I want to ask you, are you permitting your heart to be excited over something in your future? Or are you simply letting your heart be miserable over the pain of your present? And instead of her, because, right, no one, and, and, and none of us, I wouldn't, I, I don't think you would, none of us would, would feel like this woman was doing it an injustice by feeling sorry for herself. Like, I, I think we would all understand, you have an issue, you tried to fight the issue for 12 years, it's nothing better, but rather grew worse. Like, I understand, like, someone should be knocking on your door. Someone should be coming in and like offering to help you. Someone should give you sympathy. Someone should give you, uh, you know, care and, and to let you know they understand you have this issue and they're sorry that you have this issue. Like we would all like come to a place where we would understand her coping with this issue. But in the middle of it, she makes a decision to fight, but she's about to fight differently. 
And this is what I want to ask you to do in this series, is she's about to fight with something called faith. Up to this point, the only fight she's been able to muster is a physical fight, because that's all she knew of. When she has this issue first encounter her life, she resorts to everything physical to fight it. I'll throw my money at it, and I'll throw wisdom at it. Somebody says, well, what do you mean by wisdom? The doctors. Um, the doctors have wisdom on how to fix these things. I'll, I'll throw wisdom at it, and I'll throw money at it, and I'll do the best I can to overcome this issue. And, and this is primarily where a, a lot of the world is at. She didn't know that there was another fight she could give, uh, something called the fight of faith, and she's about to hear about it, and we're going to discover that in a minute. But here's what I want to say is some of you know better. Some of you have been around the block for a long time on messages like this. You've read this story before. And you know that there are weapons of this world that are not carnal, but mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. You know that you have more to fight with than just money and wisdom. You know there is actually something that is not of this world, oh, come on, but is greater than this world. And it's something called faith. Faith in God. The ability to have defiant joy that I can look right at my issue and not feel sorry for myself, not feel upset with myself, not feel frustrated with life. I can look right at my issue and send the praisers out even though I've been wrestling with it for 12 years because I know I have a God who loves me and who will fight my battles for me. Defiant joy. I see the issue, I don't care. I see the issue, it's not bigger than God. I see the issue, but even in the midnight hour, I will pray and sing praises because I've got something to fight with that is not of this world. So I will permit my soul to get excited even when I open up the mail and see the bill. I will permit my soul to get excited even when I walk out of the doctor's office and they've given me the bad report. I will permit my soul to get excited even when it looks like I didn't get the job. I will permit my soul to get excited even when I am frustrated with the kids. I will permit my soul to get excited. Why? My weapons are not of this world. For 12 years, she has fought as hard as she could fight physically, but she's about to fight spiritually. And it all started, watch this, in verse number 27. And after hearing about Jesus, what have you heard about Jesus? (laughs) What have you heard about Jesus? Apparently what she heard about Jesus was, is Jesus can do more than help you cope with this season of life. Jesus can help you change whatever is wrong in your life. She heard something about Jesus that gave her her fight back. She gave something, she heard something about Jesus that made her stop feeling sorry for herself. You can be a victim or a victor, but you can't be both. I'm going to say that again. You can be a victim or a victor, but you can't be both. And and victory starts with the spirit of victory. 
And this woman, we're going to see victory in her story, but you see the spirit of victory first. That even in the middle of what had to be incredibly frustrating and vexing, she is permitting her soul to be excited, walking in defiant joy. Because she hears about Jesus. And and watch what happens here. She hears about Jesus. She came in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought and she said, watch this, if I just touch the hem of his garments, I will get well. Now, I want you to look at this, and we're reading this slowly for a reason, but I want you to look at this and let's for a moment celebrate her thought life. Because the fight of faith is a fight of the soul. It's a fight. The soul is deciding, will I look at the spirit or will I look at the flesh? The soul is, the, the, the soul is deciding, will I see the problem or will I see, see the answer? Will I see the issue or will I see Jesus? And, and her thought life is seeing a miracle. Uh, when I touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. Her thought life is seeing an answer. Uh, it's, it's removed from off the frustration of the problem. It's seeing the answer. It's not a hope so. It's not a wish. It's not a cry. It's a knowing. When I touch the hem of his garment... I will get well. What is that? Faith. You can hear the faith in it. You can hear faith. You can see faith. You can sense faith. You can hear the faith in her thoughts. And the way you know if you're in faith is by what is winning the thoughts of your mind. You see what you see in the natural, but you know what you know in the spirit. You, you, you don't see anything but the, the, a cloud the size of a man's hand. But in your heart, you hear the sound of an abundance of rain. So you walk by faith and not by sight. You follow the convictions of your heart and not the facts of life. Believing that the convictions of your heart and the God who gave them to you is great enough to change this. For what we see is temporal, subject to change. But what is unseen is forever. Let God be true and the situation be a lie. Satan gives lying vanities, things that seem real but have no substance. And this woman, she has lived with this condition for 12 years and everybody has told her it's impossible. But how many of you are thankful we serve a God with whom all things are possible? This is the message of faith which we preach. That with God, all things, all things, all things, with God, all things are possible. She gets in faith and her thought life is, her thought life is, I want to sit on this for a minute. Her thought life is pointed towards the answer. She's got a vision of victory. She sees the answer. She see before the miracle, she sees the miracle. Before the breakthrough, she sees the breakthrough. Before she sees it, she sees it. Uh, That there are thoughts in her that are moving in the direction of her miracle. And I'll ask you once again, let's, we can celebrate that. What about you? When you see the issue in fill in the blank, your children or, or your job or whatever it may be, 
Are your thought life centered purely on the problem, or is your faith pointed towards the answer? When she hears of Jesus, she points her thoughts and her words in the directions of Jesus. And she comes and she fights. She presses through the crowd and she reaches forth and watch this. Immediately, verse 29, the flow of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body she was healed of her affliction. And Jesus perceiving in himself that power had proceeded from him and gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said unto him, you see the crowd pressing in on you and you say, who touched you? And he looked round about to see the woman who had done this, and the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came, fell down before him, and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your issue. Be whole of your affliction. Amen. Uh, Do you see this woman's... Faith. The disciples came to Jesus when he said, who touched me? And they said, Jesus, you see the multitudes thronging you. How are you going to ask who touched you? But it was a different touch. And all over Mississippi today, all over the world, wherever you're watching this from online, there's all kind of people around the Lord Jesus wanting something from him. Um, but they're, they're not receiving to the fullness that Jesus wants to give. They're all touching you, Jesus. How are you going to ask who touched you? They're all touching you. But it was a different kind of touch. It was a touch of faith. A touch that, that was expecting a miracle. A touch that had a soul that had permitted itself to be excited over what the Lord would do about their issue. And I want to encourage you in your life to fight for that. To fight for a soul that right now is excited about what God is going to do. Do you know God can change anything? God can change a husband. God can move on a child. God can change, God can change him. God can change them. God can change it. There's nothing our God can't do. But we've got to operate by the Spirit of God. We can't operate just by the flesh. Somebody says, well, I've done all I can do. Stop. (laughs) The arm of the flesh is limited. The hand of the Spirit is unlimited. She did all she could do. It got worse. She She exhausted every one of her physical resources. You couldn't be more disciplined. It didn't help. You couldn't be more focused. It didn't matter. But when she shifted, oh, come on, somebody. When she shifted from the natural to the spiritual, when she shifted from the natural to the supernatural, when she shifted from the best she could do to the best God could do, she saw her answer. And I want to encourage you to make that shift. It all started with this woman with her deciding what she wanted. 
And I want you this month, literally, today is the first month of October, or the first day of October. You got three months before the end of the year. Three months before the end of 2023. Why don't we end 2023 with an exclamation point? Why don't we end it with a miracle? Why don't we end it with seeing the best God could do? She knew what she wanted. Do you? Uh, One of the things that I want you to do this week, you get a little homework. Uh, I want you to do a fun little exercise, and this is fun. This is the kind of fun that will help you. I want you to sit down uninterrupted for five minutes. That's it, five minutes. And I want you to write down, what do I want? And fill it in. Now, for some of you, maybe your issue is obvious. And what you want is crystal clear. Uh, For this woman, hers was. She knew what she wanted. She wanted to be whole from that plague. Uh, Oftentimes, when it is health, uh, we see that health really is wealth. That if you don't have health, none of these other things matter. Which is why you need to be more thankful for it if you have it. But maybe your issue is that obvious, is there's, there's a healing. Uh, but maybe for, for some of you, there's just something deeper. And even for some of you who have an issue that is obvious, that's just one issue of your life. There are deeper things. Now, here's what I've seen in my own life and also through pastoring people for 20 years, is that our, our deepest desires are often not our strongest desires. Our deepest desires are often not our strongest desires. And honestly, a lot of times, many of us sacrifice our deepest desires for our strongest ones. Somebody says, what do you mean by that? If you'd ask most people, do you desire to be healthy? It's like, well, yeah. Is it a big desire? Yes, it's a very big, deep desire. Uh, You want to live long? You want to have energy while you have it and strength and vitality? It's like, that's a deep desire. But have any of you, in spite of having that deep desire, did you ever get unmindful of it when you saw an an advertisement for a blizzard and you thought, I do need that in my life? And that strong desire, sacrifice, or forget a blizzard. How about bops, ladies and gentlemen, with with some uh, some pecans? Oh, come on, somebody. Extra pecans on my snappy turtle, please. (laughs) Have you ever had a strong desire overtake a deep desire? Now, here's my point. Most of the time, we're living out a strong desire, not deep desire. And every successful person will will take their focus off of their strongest desires and look at their deepest ones. But we don't spend enough time with our heart to even know what those deep desires are. So the stronger desires keep consuming the deeper ones. We have a a deep desire to be debt-free and to not have financial pressure but our strong desire for a new car or a new dress or a new whatever comes up and the flesh overtakes the spirit and kills it. One of the ways to breaking free from that is spending more time with your deepest desires. What do you want? Jesus came to a man uh, at a pool of Bethesda where miracles were happening all the time and he asked him a very interesting question. He asked him, do you want to get well? 
A blind man came to Jesus. It's very obvious what he needs. And Jesus says, what do you desire I do unto you? He made him tell him what he wanted. And here's one of the things I've seen in my own life is that when you get over with this question and you sit before the Spirit of God, it's it's amazing. It's a beautiful thing. Everything that's not of him in his presence with what do I want, it'll fly away like a bird. Your soul loses its taste for the things that are not of him. But there's some things that when you do this just five minutes, when you do this for five minutes about what you really want, what your heart really wants, there's some things that you realize if you didn't have them in your life, you wouldn't be whole. There'd be something missing if you didn't have it. It wouldn't be right if you didn't have it. But if it, it wasn't there, if it was missing, you wouldn't be whole. I do this exercise a lot because I believe it's powerful to associate with your greatest hopes and dreams as often as you can. I said I do this exercise a lot because I believe it's powerful to fellowship with your greatest hopes and dreams in the Lord as often as you can. But I did it for fun yesterday. And uh, I was going over my notes, and I just thought, well, I'm telling them to do it. I'll just do it real quick. And so I set a timer for five minutes, and I just wrote down what I wanted. I'll, I'll read you some of what I want. Maybe it'll help you with what you want. I want a marriage defined by deep romantic and sacrificial love. I want to show others that marriage can be playful, loving, committed, and fun. I want to pastor pastors. I want to walk in the prophetic. I want to build new buildings for his glory. Highland Colony needs a new building. Fondra needs a building. Poindexter needs extra space. I want to build new buildings for his glory. I want a fountain. I do. Out here at Lakeland. I know that sounds silly, but I didn't design the parking lot of Lakeland. My father and mother did. And they designed it for a fountain. I've never put one in because it's just, you know, you've got other things more important than a fountain to fund and put money on. But every time I drive around that big circle, I'm like, a fountain deserves to be there. And it's a deep desire. I'm like, I want a fountain. I want to see the world. I want to preach in the Middle East. I want to preach by candlelight in Africa again. I want to be a deep well of wisdom. I want to be debt-free personally and ministerially. I want to be a blessing. I want a body that's healthy and strong and can run its race for as long as it has breath in it. With all those things, once you get those general desires, be specific. What does healthy and strong look like? Um, Is that running a certain mile? Is that lifting a certain amount? Write, Write it down. Write the vision. Make it plain. Living long, what does that look like? What does that mean for you? What, what would be missing if it wasn't? Um, being debt-free, how much debt do you have? Be specific. Um, what would you, you, you need for freedom in that area? Be specific. Do you know? Find out. No. But the greatest desire that I have, and this is the first thing that always when I sit down with what I want, is in regards to this. I want to see my kids walk with Jesus.
to live for him. And I want them to find themselves at his table and mine. Um, I pray over my children a lot. I pray for my children more than I pray for anything. That's the truth. And one of the things that I pray over them is that they would, would you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll be selfish. I would love for them to be preachers. I would, because I believe there's just no greater profession on the face of the earth. Like, I just, I love everything about my job. Um, and so, I, I, you know, I, I don't necessarily pray that over them, though, because I want them to discover that calling. I'll never force it on them. But one thing I always say is I don't want them to be ashamed to preach. Is even if they're not a preacher, I want them wherever they're at, in school, on a stage, on a bus, to be, a, to be unashamed to declare Jesus. Side note, get your children in youth. Get them in youth. Bring them to youth. Uh, so in, in all seriousness, God cannot open any door that you do not unlock. And the woman with the issue of blood in the middle of a sorrowful situation. Once again, no one would feel ashamed of her feeling sorry for herself. Twelve years, nothing better, got worse, did the best you could, feel sorry for yourself. But she didn't. She permitted her soul to get excited and she didn't wait on Jesus to knock on the door. She unlocked her own. And she went out and she pressed through what she had to press through, which obviously the greatest press was not through the crowd. It was through the doubt and unbelief in her mind. And she reached out and she touched the hem of his garment and she took a miracle. She took a miracle. And I want to encourage you, take your miracle. These things that you write down this week, I want you to shift. I want you to stop just exercising willpower over those things. And I want you to see the Lord's power in those things. I I don't want you to just throw things at those things physically any longer. I want you to have the courage to surrender those things to the Spirit of God. Let the world glorify Goliath's sword. We will stand in faith with David's sling. And it may not be the best that the world has to offer to throw at it. But with God, it is more than enough take those desires begin to pray over them take those desires begin to worship over them take those desires send the praisers out over them and somebody said well pastor Joel I've done that for 12 years she was nothing better but rather grew worse but she did not lose her fight it is with faith and patience we inherit the promises of God and I want to encourage you it is not over I don't know what you're fighting about I I don't know what you're believing for but here's what I believe God wants to tell you it is not over God is not done and there is a victory on the horizon of time stand in faith surrender those desires to the Lord find what you want spend time to examine your deepest desires and begin to surrender those to the Lord Jesus in prayer let the Lord Jesus do in your life what you have been trying to do for yourself with the power of praise with the power of prayer 
and with the force of faith. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that all of us will be the possessors of a defiant joy. That, Father, in the middle of every test and every trial, we will count it all joy and we will unlock every door knowing that you cannot walk through any door that we will not unlock. And so, Father, we rejoice evermore. And again, we will rejoice that all of these cares and all of these irritations, we surrender to you, them to you in prayer and supplication. That the things that we were worried about, we're now praying over. And that the things that we were concerned with, now we're now rejoicing over. Knowing that the battle is yours, but the victory is ours. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.